What I most enjoy about my career as a competition solicitor is that every day is completely different. So we're often dealing with clients in very new markets and new areas, often areas that I've never looked at before. But on a day-to-day -day basis, you're working with clients and really getting into what it is that they do, what their products and services are, and analyzing those markets. You really need to have an interest in the technical side of competition law. So you don't necessarily need to have taken an economics degree, for example, but you do need to have an interest in the way that markets operate, the dynamics within them, and be ready and willing to really dive into those kinds of issues to make sure that you really understand those markets. Hello, and welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast. You're listening to the latest episode in our Practice Area Profile series, in which we speak to practicing lawyers about what it's like in their area of the law. This episode is in collaboration with Ashurst and is all about working in competition law. You're about to hear from Associate Louisa Dennison as she gives an insight into her life as a competition lawyer, including what her day-to-day -day work looks like, what competition law really means in practice, and how Brexit has impacted the area. She also runs through the skills you'll need to demonstrate if you're looking to follow in her footsteps. We hope you enjoy this practice area profile. You can read the full write-up of the profile on Law Careers Net and find out more about training at Ashurst via the link in the podcast description. Don't forget you can also tune in to our regular Commercial Connect podcast episodes that come out each month, sponsored by the University of Law. Over to Louisa. So I'm Louisa Dennison. I work in the competition team as an associate at Ashurst. I went to Cambridge University where I studied politics, psychology and sociology before I then went on to do my law conversion course and then my LPC, eventually qualifying into the competition team where I am now. I chose to become a solicitor rather than a barrister because I think the skill set of a solicitor suits me a little bit better than the skill set of a barrister. I think the main reason <laughs> for choosing not to become a barrister is that as much as I'm trying to improve my public speaking skills, it's not necessarily at the centre of my skill set or something that comes naturally to me. Whereas I really enjoy the analytical side of being a solicitor and working on problem solving on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's why I chose that route. So I work as a competition lawyer. I did my competition seat as my second in my training contract. I really enjoyed it because of the variety of work that I got as a trainee, not just from the perspective of the different types of competition work that you can do, but also that on a day-to-day -day basis, you're working with clients and really getting into what it is that they do, what their products and services are, and analyzing those markets, which really fitted into my background before I became a lawyer, interested in politics and economics in particular that really appealed to me as an area of law. I feel like you get a really good mix between the commercial side of things as well as the legal and black letter law. So that's why I decided to become a competition lawyer. So on a day-to-day -day basis, a competition lawyer might be working on various different types of matters. So if we take them one at a time, on the one hand, you might be working on merger control, which means that you're looking at transactions that come in to understand whether there's any requirements to notify competition authorities in various different jurisdictions around the world. That can be quite a practical exercise of understanding what it is that the client does and understanding its turnover and assets to analyze whether 
it falls within a certain jurisdiction's regime. And if it turns out that it does, then we'll need to put together a notification to that competition authority setting out what the parties do, what their products and services are, how that's related to that particular market, and to the extent that there are any competition concerns. So, for example, the two parties that are planning to merge If they partake in similar activities or offer similar services, you need to explain why it is that that transaction will not lead to a lessening of competition in the market. So that's one area of work. Another that we're increasingly working on is foreign direct investment regimes. These are increasingly being implemented across the world and they're largely centered around national security concerns. So we'll analyze a transaction to see if there's any aspect of that that we need to notify in various different jurisdictions. And then we also work on the behavioral side of things from a competition perspective. So that may be, for example, an investigation by a competition authority into anti-competitive behavior by firms in a particular market. So we may respond to requests for information from authorities or make submissions as to why that conduct is or is not anti-competitive. So it's a real range of work on a day-to-day basis. I think the realities of the role as a competition lawyer differ from expectations because there can be quite a lot more practical work that you need to do on a day-to-day basis and really digging into what it is that your client does. And so that requires quite a lot of detailed research and really getting into the nitty gritty of what the client's activities are. And so it, it can take quite a lot of work, even where there are no specific issues identified you need to provide quite a lot of information. So sometimes it can involve quite a lot of back and forth with the client or with other parties, which isn't so much into the substance, but just providing the information that you need to provide. What I most enjoy about my career as a competition solicitor is that every day is completely different. So we're often dealing with clients in very new markets and new areas, often areas that I've never looked at before. So it means that you get to have a great variety of understanding of different markets. And that means that every day is completely different. You really get to add to your experience on a daily basis. You never really find in this department that you're doing the same task twice, which I really enjoy because I think there can be other areas of law and elsewhere where you're often doing the same sort of thing again and again. That's really not the case in competition law. So I think that's my favorite thing about being in this team. So I think in terms of what's going on at the moment in my practice area, it's quite an interesting area following Brexit in particular, because the Competition and Markets Authority is really starting to kind of stamp out the way that it wants to approach transactions versus other competition regulators across the world. So previously, they may have been slightly more intertwined with the EU process, but now transactions are being notified simultaneously alongside the CMA and the EU process. And so it's interesting to see how the CMA is diverging from the European Union and also the US, or indeed trying not to do so. It's interesting to see how they're trying to kind of identify themselves as a competition regulator and how they would like to approach transactions. I think another area that's really interesting at the moment is the rise of these foreign investment regimes that I mentioned earlier. And what's interesting about that is If we take the UK one, for example, it can be quite controversial in many ways because it's a very, very untransparent process, unlike the competition process, whereby at the end of a notification, you will often receive a quite detailed decision that really breaks down why it is that the competition regulator has either blocked or allowed the transaction. That's not the case with the UK regime for foreign investment. 
And when I say foreign investment, it does actually affect UK investors as well. But you will not receive a decision like that. And so it's quite tricky to advise clients on what it is that the UK government is trying to determine when reviewing a transaction. So this area is really new for us. It's really important for us because of the potential criminal sanctions for not notifying under the regime. But it's definitely an interesting learning curve as we start to get to grips with how these regimes operate and what it is that we need to think about when reviewing transactions. So in terms of the skills and strengths that I think you need to excel in, in competition law, you really need to have an interest in the technical side of competition law. So you don't necessarily need to have taken an economics degree, for example, but you do need to have an interest in the way that markets operate, the dynamics within them, and be ready and willing to really dive into those kinds of issues to make sure that you really understand those markets. So I think being able to have analytical skills and attention for detail so that you can really tease out the important competitive dynamics in a particular market, as well as being able to have a grasp of the various different legislation that affects competition law. So skills across the board in terms of the different areas of competition law. My general advice for anyone who's contemplating the law is to try and get as much experience as you possibly can before embarking on a career in the law. So there are various different options available to you several of which I've I've taken myself. I think the first is just speaking on an informal basis or formal basis to people who practice the law. So down the two different routes of solicitor and barrister and trying to work out which route might suit you the best. And then I think getting experience of the job itself. So that could either be as a paralegal or it could be through a vacation scheme. I think that can give you a really good insight into the types of day-to-day -day tasks that you'll be doing and whether you particularly enjoy those. And once you've got to the stage where you've decided that you would like a career in law, I think the training contract gives you a really good opportunity to see the different areas of law that you could work in. And to the extent that you can do so, try and have seats in various different types of law. So corporate disputes, more of the advisory roles, so that you've got a really good idea of the different types of tasks and different types of areas that you could be working on. And once you've got to the end of that, you should have a good idea of the type of department that you might want to qualify into.